Mob Talk with Talia Little. Um, hello everyone, welcome back to Mob Talk. My name is Talia Little and I am your host. Before we begin today, I would like to acknowledge the people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording on today. So today's a pretty special episode. We've got the wonderful singer-songwriter Alice Skye on with us. So thank you, Alice. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming in. Um, before we start today, could you just say where you're from, so your mob, and how you're going today? Oh, cute. Um, so I am Wagaya Wamba Wamba. It's on my jumper too. Um, but I'm from Watchabullock Country in Western Victoria in a town called Horsham. How far away is that from here? Um, maybe three and a half, four hours to Horsham. Right, okay. So how did your morning start today? Pretty cruisy. I took my dog to the park. <laughs> trying to get into like a routine where I actually do something before I leave the house. Mm-hmm. I think that's something I just forgot about being able to do in the lockdown or routine or something like that. So did that and now I'm here. Yeah, for sure. I feel like in lockdown, I don't know, when first when we came out of lockdown, I was kind of forgot that you could actually go out and do things. When the restrictions started lessening so you can actually go out for dinner or you can go for a walk, you kind of get um, – used to just staying home yeah it's just the basics rebuilding the basics yeah (laughs) what kind of dog do you have he's a border collie kelpie i don't know what that looks like he's very cute very cute yeah real cute how old is he 13 oh actually i know i know and i actually didn't know that he was 13 i've been calling him 10 for like the past three years (laughs) do you have like a little um celebration for his birthday no we got him when he was four so i don't know when his birthday is but yeah, realised he's about three years older than I thought he was. <laughs> yeah, we um, I always forget my dog's birthday. We actually don't celebrate it. I, I kind of feel bad. Do you reckon they, they just don't know? Mind. They yeah. just don't know. <laughs> um, so starting off today, tell us a little bit about your music. What influenced you to start singing and songwriting? Um, it's funny. I was talking to my housemate about this yesterday. Um, cause I definitely, songwriting was a very much more personal, private thing that I would do as like a, I think I just liked writing. I really liked writing. I was a really avid like journal keeper as a kid. I liked stories and I don't know, just kind of the drama of life <laughs> from a very young age. And I loved big emotional songs, um, but I didn't really write any until high school. Um, it was more just the writing aspect that I enjoyed. Um, just as a place to put your thoughts. Mm. I like that Like a concept. diary almost? Yeah, I would keep diaries, yeah, pretty often as a kid. And then they just kind of, I was like, oh, I also really like singing and playing piano. So then they kind of merged together, I guess. Do you still have any of your diaries from a young kid? I do. Do so. you ever look through them? <laughs> When I feel up to the embarrassment, yes. Um, but, yeah, it's nice to have a document of something and just, like, I don't know, I'm, in, I'm into it. I don't do it as much anymore and I would love to get of back the into dramatic, it. the dramatic younger years. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Look, it's it's really something. <laughs> when you feel like the world's against you and you write all these things and you're I, – I remember trying to keep a diary when I was younger. It never worked. I always bought some, like, beautiful diary and then I'd write 
for two days and then it would just disappear somewhere but it was always something super dramatic and you'd be crying or something and yeah that was just just too much. I love that though I just think I don't know sometimes it helps I don't know work out work things out I don't know it's hard to sit with things so I kind of love that like dramatic teenage angst that it oh, gets channeled into yeah. something like that <laughs> when you can kind of go past that later in life and you see past it you're like wow that was just yeah. that was a lot <laughs> did you ever write poetry a little bit um my sister's actually a really amazing poet and writer my older sister Susie um and so I definitely think I appreciated that a lot because of um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I was particularly very good at it, at poems, but I just love, yeah, I loved the writing process. The writing aspect. Yeah. Were you good at English in school? Better at it than math, <laughs> <laughs> if you have to pick one. Um, but not overly either, really, like pretty average, <laughs> pretty average in school, but um, I just really like it. Well, you're making it now, so that's all That's all that matters. Does it run in your family singer-songwriting or just writing in general? As you said, your sister is writes poems. Yeah, um, yeah, just my sister really. My mum is, um, she's a printmaker and but now owns like a bookshop and gallery. So like printmakers in like um <laughs> Oh t shirts? Yeah. Or oh, just like cool. um Oh my god, what are they called? I don't know. Screen printing. Yeah. That's that's for t shirts and whatnot. Or for just art. Okay, I think. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But t shirts also an option. Um but yeah, I guess she's worked at the bookshop basically all my life. So reading and writing was a big thing in the house but I don't know it wasn't really thrust upon me I just liked it mm. <laughs> so do you read much no <laughs> I'm like I have my moments where I'm like I can't put a book down but um I really have to sit with it mm. it's um hard to have an attention span for me I think oh I agree have you read the book women don't know you pretty no I haven't oh I'll show you it's here it's honestly the best book it's about well being a woman and like not owing anyone anything and it talks about feminism and like your actions anyway I'll show you. it's really cool Love it. great <laughs> need a book list so back to the very beginning well not the very beginning but in your teenage years was there a time that you started to realize I'm actually pretty good at this like I can make it something um not really in my teenage years like I didn't it wasn't something I really took very seriously in my hometown I was like in school, I was, you know, knew that I wanted to move to Melbourne, was trying to think of how what I would do when I got there and the usual pathways, like go to uni and study something that you're interested in. But I wasn't particularly interested when I got to uni. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, it kind of only really kicked off, I guess, when I was studying away at uni around 1920 and um yeah I think that was sort of the moment where I got more opportunities and I I guess I started to take it more seriously but it's honestly that realization is like a constant process <laughs> yeah what were you studying at uni wildlife and conservation biology oh really yeah well, so was that influenced <laughs> by where you grew up maybe yeah I I guess that's I hadn't really thought about it like that, but I do love it. I really – that was like the 
plan in my mind as a kid or we always have a plan yeah and then it never works out that way yeah which is also fine um but um yeah it took me a while I didn't really yeah it took me quite a while to figure out that I wanted to drop out it took me about two years to do it but it's that's just how it worked out I feel like that's a really common thing amongst teenagers though you know you put yourself into this degree and then halfway through you're like holy shit I don't know if I actually want to do this yeah it's a lot of pressure I don't know it's like yeah it seemed like such a big deal at the time but I'm I'm okay with it Mm. (laughs) what kind of a job do you get from being a conservate is wildlife conservationist is that the word yeah I, look I didn't complete the course so I don't know <laughs> um yeah I don't know what the plan was ultimately it was a vague plan yeah <laughs> just just get somewhere yeah I don't know I just wanted to get to the city that felt like a really really big thing that I wanted to do was move whereabouts is Horsham it's sort of halfway in between Melbourne and Adelaide so is it really small it's the biggest town in the area it's like the city of the Wimmera which is the area that it's in um I don't know it's like 15,000 20,000 people maybe yeah so what was it like moving from a town with 15,000 people to moving to a city with oh I don't even know how many people a lot (laughs) lots heaps of people um my siblings lived here already so I would visit a lot um I don't know I guess it's just like what you do you like long for things that you're not in sometimes and I love growing up in the country very glad I grew up in the country and I love going back but um yeah I don't know there's a lot of opportunities here in the city and I've learned so much from my time here so I'm yeah glad growing up in a country town is the best thing I think I grew up in Darwin and Alice Springs so it's just you you have a lot more freedom I feel to kind of just explore the wildlife and everything there yeah I like you know there's definitely parts of it that I didn't like and still have beef with my hometown because I think that's just like not beef with my hometown but it's just hometown or people in it (laughs) just like I think the experience of growing up in a small town can Mm. be really isolating at the same time as absolutely loving it um I think it has challenges as well yeah um but I'm so grateful for it and I like that you can I don't know, there's a level of like community care that I guess sometimes I don't know how to find in the city because there is so much going on. But in Do you home, mean it's kind of going back to community and a small amount of people and yeah, relating? Yeah, yeah, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, always. So you moved to Melbourne, you've gone to uni. What after that? So how did you really start getting into your music? Did you, I think, did you win a competition? Yeah, um, I think it was in 2015, my sister Susie sent me this call out from uh, Karma, which is the um, media and radio station up in Alice Springs, Um, and they were looking for female um, songwriters, singer-songwriters from each state. So I just sent like a recording of a song that I had written um and then they asked me to come up and everybody recorded a single as a part of a compilation album um so it was a really cool chance to like step inside a music studio because <laughs> I'd never really yeah, done that yeah that would have been amazing yeah it was really beautiful and like I was in uni at the time and they asked me to come up for two weeks and I just was like 
I'll skip my exams Two weeks. and go up. Yeah. Well, there you go. That was, <laughs> so, a, yeah. that was a downfall. Your <laughs> yeah, career but, started there. <laughs> yeah, the priorities definitely shifted. Um, but it was, yeah, it was so great. And I've made beautiful friends that I still have. And, um, yeah, really, that was really encouraging to have people just want to help you do that. Yeah, for sure. Did you record it on your phone? The song that I submitted, I recorded on my phone. <laughs> Wow, how times have changed. I know. I just was like, I don't have any recording equipment. I just like put it through an app that made heaps of reverb on it and just sent Did it. Did you ever, when you were younger, record yourself singing yes. on your phone? Yeah. I feel like that's a girl thing. I don't know if guys do that, but I was talking to my mates the other day and I was like, I always remember like trying to see what I sounded like. So you would record yourself on your notes and then you play it back. I'm like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> oh my God, I still do that. <laughs> do I sound good today? Just play it back. So, did you like being in Alice Springs? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I really love the dry heat. So, I was just like loving the weather. It's also nice just to be kind of like, yeah, in a, another small town, I think, because I've been living in Melbourne for a bit at that point. So, it was just real fun to just get somewhere else. And especially because I was pretty young, like I was 19 hadn't really been on too many like solo trips even though it wasn't too far away or anything but yeah I loved it it was a really good time the weather in Alice Springs is beautiful beautiful you wake up every day and there's a clear blue sky it's just incredible yeah I love the weather because Horsham is quite flat and quite dry so it's a similar kind of yeah like really cold mornings really hot afternoons and I love that (laughs) and when it's hot it's just hot it's not humid yeah oh I don't know the weather today is just in the morning, I felt like it was humid because it's been raining, which is not nice. Yeah, I mean, being from Darwin, you must. <laughs> oh, Darwin's humidity is another thing, but I actually <laughs> think that Melbourne and Darwin have quite similar weather in a in a weird way. The sticky. Yeah, the sticky. I hate the sticky. <laughs> in Alice Springs, it's just hot, so you sweat a little bit, but here it's like you feel gross. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a Koori and not from humid areas. <laughs> yeah. So when you went down, you recorded your song. Did you record one song? Yeah, we each recorded, chose one song and recorded it, um, which was a really fun process. So what was the inspiration behind this song? Um, it was probably one of the first songs I wrote that I liked when I was younger. Um, and... It was a pretty direct, a lot of the songs that I wrote or a lot of the stories that I would write were usually kind of about family and identity and um, just trying to connect with those things. And I wrote a song called You Are the Mountains. I was really lucky to have a family farm in the Grampians, um, which is just outside of Horsham. And our farm kind of looks directly onto this beautiful mountain and I've always loved it. it was a place where my dad lived who passed before I was born. So that was like, I think a big driving force between writing songs was just wanting to connect to his memory and his, yeah, I don't know, just not having that in life. I think song was a really good way for me to approach those feelings. Um, so, yeah, I wrote the song just kind of as like an ode to my family and to the mountain that I loved. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. Is your dad Aboriginal mm, yeah. and your mum's not? My mum's from England. Oh, your mum's from England? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, so you talk about your music being a form of a way of expressing your identity and connecting to that. Have you struggled with identity identity with being Aboriginal or anything like that? 
Yeah, of course. I grew up um, really understanding that I was Wagairam Wemba Wemba because I had amazing aunties around me to um, remind me of that. Um, and they're really staunch and amazing. So I'm just very lucky that I was able to grow up around them, even though my dad wasn't around. But definitely, like, I don't know, it's a strange thing to navigate in a small town too where you're not perceived as being, I don't know, it's just, it was definitely a negotiation of um, trying to figure out how to approach it. And, um, yeah, I don't know, always been a presence in my life, but I think just my relationship to it has changed over time. I feel like as well, um, I grew up in the Northern Territory and I never felt like I had to prove almost prove I was Aboriginal because of my family name but coming to Victoria because I was more fair-skinned you almost feel like you have to prove it not prove it but um will prove that you're Aboriginal or kind of do things that might make you feel a bit more closer to your identity yeah I think I mean that's just like another of the after effects of colonization is that insecurity and like questioning of who you are um so yeah I think now I just understand it's more about my family and honouring my family and being strong in that. But I think growing up, yeah, people didn't exactly really understand how important those things were or I don't know. It's For sure. It's changing and I think maybe conversations are changing around it now, even in my hometown. But, um, yeah, complicated. <laughs> and identity is a huge thing as a young person. Oh, yes, yeah. And, like... I just was, yeah, I was deep in my feelings about it. And I think, yeah, just um, not growing up with my dad in the house or something made me, made it this kind of like big thing in my mind that I needed to reach for when I think it was probably always there. But I think just how your mind can do those things. Oh, for sure. Um, so you were writing this song in Alice Springs. You produced a song that went on an album. What happened from there? Did your music career start to kind of make its way? Um, yeah, so I was really lucky that Karma asked me to come back and record um, basically like an album or an EP with them, um, which I just, yeah, was like not expecting to come from. So you had to go back to Alice Springs? Yeah, I went. Yeah, so <gasps> I recorded the first album, Friends With Feelings, up at Karma in Alice Springs, which was amazing. Um, but just so, like, I had, I really walked into that situation with no expectations of what was going to happen, but I'm so thankful for the experience and, like, um, I don't know, just getting to go into a room with songs that I'd written and have other people, I don't know, collaborate and work on them. And it was just, yeah, it was pretty amazing to do. Yeah, so was that the first time you kind of had a producer and a someone to help you write the songs and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was before I'd sort of – I was playing in a band with um, two of my good friends who I play with now when we play Alice Sky shows. Um, but they didn't come with me to the – to Alice Springs because it was before I kind of was – I felt a little bit too embarrassed to kind of like be like, let's play my songs. <laughs> we just played like covers or songs that we would write together as a band. Um, but there, then after working on the songs in Alice Springs, I came back and we learnt them together. Um, but, yeah, it's exciting this time around that we're doing the second album because I get to collaborate with friends and people that I know really well and that was a part of the process I – 
didn't really know how to enjoy at the beginning because I felt too shame. But now it's like a nice, safe <laughs> little environment. Oh, I, I think about this all the time. Do you feel vulnerable? I mean, as you said, kind of like your lyrics are almost a way of connecting to your identity or um, writing in a diary almost. Do you feel vulnerable with saying those feelings? I always think about like when people write really – dramatic songs that are about heartbreak and they're so personal it's so personal it's the weirdest thing it's the weirdest thing um yes absolutely I just think I don't think about it I put a I disconnect it in my mind so I'm like this is fine it's chill like these songs can mean and that's the other thing like I listen to music as a way of reflecting as well and so like a lot of the time I think people put their own meaning on songs and I think just remembering that People don't particularly know me. Like my friends know me and things like that, but I this no one's looking at the songs the way you're looking at the songs. Um, oh, for sure. I feel like you can write a song and it mean one thing, but then when you put it out there, someone can uh, connect it to a part of their life that means a whole different thing. Yeah, and I love that. And I there's some songwriters that I really loved growing up um, wouldn't talk about what they'd written the songs about and I always used to want to know I was like why will they not talk about it but they were like I want people to make their own meaning of the songs and I understand that but I'm just nosy so I'm like why'd they write it I always do that I always look up what does this song mean or like <laughs> what does it connect to yeah definitely um because you always want to know what the singer songwriter was going through or who they're talking about or- yeah yeah um it is like storytelling that's why I just love storytelling no matter what kind of form it comes in so I guess yeah, I try to think of it like that and not be like, oh, my gosh, people know all these. This is my diary. Strange- reading yeah, it. <laughs> this is my diary and everyone's reading it. <laughs> um, yeah, it is really strange, definitely. I still feel strange about it. But, um, yeah, I think just trying to remember why I love songs and things like that is where I try to end up. <laughs> mm. So you released Friends With Feelings and that was three songs, wasn't it, on the album? Um, I think there's – there was three singles. Okay, yeah. I think there's maybe like 10 songs on the album potentially. Okay, yeah. So you did that and then was that when you became – when? how did you become signed to Bad Apples? Um, that happened, yeah, uh, when, 2019 maybe. Um, so I've been playing shows a lot more. Um, I had the help of a manager. Um, Kind of through Karma, they introduced me to a manager and that really helped because I'm definitely not the um, logistical brain. Um, so that really was a game changer for me. Um, and it's just hard to kind of self-advocate, I think. I don't really know how to do that still. So having someone help you do that also helped. And then just sort of through that and playing gigs around Melbourne, I met um, – Coco from Bad Apples and Briggs um, through, yeah, just I think being around in Melbourne and I'm so glad, <laughs> so yeah. glad for it. So is that, do you, uh, Bad Apples your manager or do you have a manager and then you have, you're signed to Bad Apples? Yeah, so you have a label and then a manager and it's all separate. It's very, so strange. The music it's very industry makes little to no it's sense to me. Inter- interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do you – is it hard? Because they're based in Sydney, aren't they? Um, or are they yeah. based in Melbourne? I think Briggs lives in Sydney now. Yeah, he's there. Um, yeah, most of them are in Sydney. So do they help you produce your music? Um, 
Or are you just almost signed to their label? Yeah, they support you in being able to do the album, basically. So I wouldn't really be able to do the album without their support because I don't have a heap of money (laughs) to do that. So they're a huge support in that regard. And also just kind of, I don't know, for me especially, it was a really cool opportunity to be, I mean, I'm obviously not a rapper. (laughs) I don't make rap music. So it was funny to be asked. Maybe one day. (laughs) Yeah, maybe one day. Um, But I think, yeah, having a label that, you know, understands how to be, or, you know, it's mob, so there's already a level of understanding that you're not going to get elsewhere and it definitely feels a lot safer because sometimes I think you have to really compromise sometimes in the music industry to do things that don't necessarily feel comfortable. I think that's just like operating in the world that we operate in. Um, but, yeah, it's nice to have a support network around you and I'm glad I can have that in a label. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see an all-Aboriginal music label like, is there any other that you know of around? Not that I know of, no. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, <laughs> not that is, I know of. Is there a time that you felt like you had to compromise what you wanted to do in a big way? Because I know that, <laughs> taking it back to when I used to love Katy Perry, um, <laughs> If I don't know, have you ever seen her movie? No. Okay, well, you should watch it. Um, but she talks about how in the mu- music industry she was kind of stuffed around by a bunch of labels and was made to um, do things that she really didn't want to do and then she was signed to them. Like is there any kind of thing that you've ever been through that you felt like you had to compromise? Oh, yeah. I mean, all the time. I think it's weird because, yeah, I don't know, it's just strange because I want to do <laughs> what feels comfortable but it's also – it's just a, not what I really imagined that I'd be doing with my time. I don't know a lot about the music industry and I didn't entering it, so I'm sort of just learning as I go along, I suppose. Um, so I guess learning as you go means that you're sometimes going to end up in situations that you don't enjoy and then next time you can be like, okay, I'm not going to put myself in that position. I can't think of things like in particular, but I think – But you've definitely been through something that's – yeah, makes just, you feel uncomfortable. Oh, totally. You're just like learning as you go. I think that's just a part of the process. I don't know. I mean, it just you can't know what to do having never done something. <laughs> you just get thrown in the deep end. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's how you learn best though. Probably. Sometimes. It's frustrating <laughs> and it's hard, but I guess it's just, you know, what you got to do. Um, and I think too, just because music, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a personal thing. I got into it because I liked writing about it. <laughs> for myself um but also you know I do en- I genuinely enjoy it so I want to make it a sustainable thing but that's um yeah it's strange it's different are you guys a tight group at Bad Apples all being so separate or do you guys keep in contact a lot yeah I mean during the lockdown Briggs was actually just like so lovely always checking in sent me some fancy dinner from a fancy restaurant what like an at-home yeah like an at-home fancy where was it from Attica um or something real yum um what was what was in the dinner oh what was it it was also like he asked how many people I lived with so my housemates got it too so my housemates are just like this is please send me <laughs> um yeah so that's it's nice um Things like that, but also just like above that is just like happy to have a yarn whenever about kind of whatever he can lend. Like he has a lot of experience and um, I really admire the way he navigates um, 
both songwriting and like the business side of stuff because that's not the kind of brain that I have. But I just think, yeah, he's got he's just really clever. And it's good to have support that is mob as well. Yeah, definitely. It really makes a difference working in um, an Aboriginal workplace to a white workplace, I feel, because mob kind of understands you. Yeah, yeah, I think there's less, I don't know, it can be hard, it can just be hard to, you know, explain stuff and not really know how to approach explaining it. Um, but I guess it's just like a part of, once again, it's like a part of the process. But yeah, it definitely takes the weight off when you don't need to do that. So back to COVID. Did you write, so congratulations on your new single you're releasing this Friday, by Thank the way. You. What's the name of the single? Called Party Trick. Wow. So was this written in COVID? Like what, what is the backstory to this song? <laughs> um, uh, none of the songs that we're releasing were actually written during lockdown. They were finished. We actually finished recording maybe January last year and then we kind of did the mixing process through the beginning of the first lockdown, um, which was sad because it would have been nice to do the mixing process in the room together and like listening to the songs, but we had to jump on Zoom and kind of like put our things on mute, listen to the mix and then come back and talk about it, which was um, took a little bit longer than I think it would have if we could be together. Um, but it was still, I worked with really amazing people, Jen Cloa who produced it and Nick Huggins who was the engineer and they were just like the most supportive, beautiful people to be with so it really made the process a lot more enjoyable but um yeah been sitting with the songs for a while so I'm excited that they can I can just let them go (laughs) how was it doing it over zoom like is that was that really tough did it kind of take away the fun from the whole music producing process if I wasn't just genuinely happy to see their faces like it probably would have but it was nice because like yeah I was at home and I wasn't you know we weren't it was deep in the kind of lockdown where you weren't going anywhere or doing anything and we were all like what is coronavirus and how scared and how stressed should I be um so it was a nice time away from those things but yeah I couldn't help but just be like I wish we were in the same room especially because like you finish a big project you want to be together you want to celebrate and be yeah. like oh my god look how cool this is what we made yeah yeah um so yeah I'm excited for it to be out so it feels like that I don't know is kind of complete I guess so the new song you're releasing on Friday party tricks yeah what is this song about oh gosh it's like um, the inspiration behind the song as well. It's quite, it's definitely quite dramatic, very in my feelings type song. A lot more direct than I feel like I usually would like to be. <laughs> but um, I just, I don't know, I kind of love those like huge heartbreaking songs. I loved listening to them and just like allowing yourself to kind of wallow in things um it's It's the best yeah it's kind of a song it's so good (laughs) it's kind of a song like that it's I guess you know I was thinking about it wasn't really one scenario that I wrote it about but um I think it is so common to end up in a cycle of bad relationships or things like that because you're that's comfortable that's familiar and you really have to, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to explain the song. <laughs> so were you in a lot of uh, relationships that were bad when you were younger? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, I don't know, it just kind of takes time to learn that 
you deserve better. And I think some people just really struggle with that concept. And so, yeah, it's kind of a song, I guess, about that. And, um, yeah, just, I just, yeah, just putting it all kind of out. The thing is, as a listener, like I, you want those vulnerable songs from singer-songwriters because that's what you can relate to. I love nothing more than a super heartbreaking song that you can sing in the car when you're feeling a bit sad (laughs) and by yourself and you can have a little cry. You don't really tell anyone about. Yeah, happy to facilitate cries. I like, I don't know, it's, um, yeah, it's a funny funny thing to do. Um, I think I do write a fair few songs about feelings and stuff, but um yes it's maybe a little bit more relationship centric so it's like pretty embarrassing at the same time as I think just completely fine and normal (laughs) do you when you're on stage and you're singing a song that I guess this song so I'm I'm assuming you sing this song quite often or you know when you're practicing and whatnot when you go on stage can you and you're singing this song and it it takes you back to those feelings can you kind of disassociate from that or do you get sad like what is what's running through your mind yeah I guess after a little while it just depends on like my mood that day too I think like sometimes I'm sometimes especially if you know a song really well it can feel like you just kind of go into like I don't know you're like what's that word just kind of operating in like I forget the word for it, sorry. Um, But you just know the song so well, so you're kind of just doing the thing that you know how to do and it's not like, oh, I'm singing these words and I'm really conscious of these words that I'm singing. But then other times... It comes naturally to you. Yeah. Like you're kind of singing it without... There's like definitely a word. There's a I, word. Autopilot. Yes. Autopilot. Autopilot. Thanks, Dion. Thank you. I'm like, I just have actually no idea. Thank you. You got there. <laughs> just reaching for those words. Um, yeah, just operating in autopilot <laughs> um, and not really thinking about it too much. And then other times I have days where I'm like, well, this is really bizarre to sing about in front of people because I'm not great at the talking part and talking about feelings and I think songs have helped me get better at that I think no one's really naturally very good at it because I don't know if we're like encouraged to very often to talk about feelings because it's weird and uncomfortable or we feel shame or you don't know if you're overreacting or like whatever it might be like as a woman I feel like we kind of get told we're being crazy or dramatic or overreacting when I'm like no (laughs) no Um, no, these are my feelings you're just you're just being mean so (laughs) yeah definitely I love like I love kind of dissecting where those things come from because I I think yeah I didn't grow up in an environment where feelings were being talked about too openly I don't know yeah I don't know if a lot of people do so that's definitely a part of the process and just wanting to try and like allow myself to feel comfortable with it but also hopefully other people as well that maybe find it hard because yeah it's definitely tricky. I feel like music allows people to kind of go to a place where they can't go in a um in a busy environment you know you chuck your headphones on and you're automatically in whatever place you want to be whether it's like grime trap music rapping yeah you know indie music anything yeah you set the scene <laughs> um yeah I love I love that music has the ability to do that um yeah sorry happens is it crazy to think that you know you would go to gigs yourself or you would watch people and now you're the person on the stage 
Yeah, huge like imposter syndrome vibes all of the time. Like I think I'm still working on letting that sink in. But um, yeah, I clearly like it because I keep doing it, but it is weird. Um, And I think especially after the lockdown, you know, not playing as many live shows. um, Mm. Does it kind of knock your confidence or...? Yeah, I mean, I already just was like, I would just get so, I get so nervous before shows and like the boys that I play with are so chill that it's like, it's really nice to have around me to just kind of like, yeah, yeah, good, you know, I'm not going on stage alone. So it's, um, you know, I've got people there with me. So it makes it a lot, lot easier, but um, it really just depends on the day and how I'm feeling. Like it could be, yeah, it could be like, Sometimes I feel very comfortable and I'm able to talk and I'm happy with how it goes. And then other times I listen, like, for some reason, just, like, have no idea. My All the social skills are gone. And then I get off the stage and I'm like, what the hell was that? Uh, so it just depends. I feel like COVID didn't help with that as well, the social skills. Oh, uh, yeah. My, you know, I didn't, wasn't excelling in that department <laughs> beforehand. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, just taking it step by step. So who were your um, biggest inspirations growing up for music in terms of females? Let's go females first. Yeah, I mean it was mostly, yeah, mostly because that was like kind of the range I could sing in, I guess. Um, I was like a massive Missy Higgins fan. That was like she was so big in quite formative years for me, I think. Like Sound of White probably would have come out when I was like five or six and it was just everywhere I feel like and I just was like – just starting piano lessons around that time too so I just was like I'm obsessed with her and her like big emotional honest (laughs) songs um so that was definitely a big one and my um my sister definitely gave me a lot of good music direction and um played a lot of music I ended up enjoying like Regina Spector and um I don't know, the Cranberries are a very big one. Still, I love to return to the songs that I listened to in high school. Oh, for sure. Um, that's that, They're the best memories. Yeah. For the year for me was 2008. I don't know why, but. Big uh, year. Yeah, 2008 was like when Fergie and the Black Eyed Peas, you know, all those kind of people release like the best tunes. Anyway, completely different <gasps> music spectrum to no. what you're talking about right now. But, but just, it's just a time stamp. Like, yeah. It's like you could listen to the music and you're like, I just like that helps me remember this point. And like, yeah, it's it nice. It takes you back to a certain like feeling or emotion yeah. in your life. It's crazy. Yeah, I like, I don't know, the chance to reflect is always kind of nice. Um, and, yeah, I don't know, I, I, yeah, I loved a lot of different music, listened to a lot of music, but they were probably like the big obsessions. Would you describe, what would you describe your music genre as, indie? Um, I suppose, like, I don't really know. I get, it's so hard sometimes when, like, yeah, you do interviews and they'll be like, describe your music in three words. And I'm just like, I just don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, literally, I do. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I genuinely, I just don't know. I'm happy for other people to decide. <laughs> you just decide. I'll write, I'll write the lyrics. You, you decide everything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and hopefully it changes. I'm fine with just not staying in the same thing and if we can move around and do different stuff that would be cool 
So my favourite song of yours is Stay In Bed. I love this song and thank I absolutely you. love the music video. Oh, thank you. What was the inspiration behind this? Because when I look at it, I don't know how to describe it, but I feel like it's a 50s, 60s like ballroom or like mm. I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Where was your inspiration? Um, it's so, It sounds so esoteric, but I genuinely just had a dream about Uncle Jack Charles as like the principal of like Rydell High, like in Greece. That's what I'm. That's where he's from. <laughs> like, yes. I don't know. It's just Uncle Jack because he's just got this beautiful voice. Beautiful. He's just a beautiful person. Beautiful persona. Yeah. Um. And it was just kind of him with one of those like old school like Rydell High, very you know, talking over the speaker at school. And I was like, I really want to do something with that. Also, why was that in my dream? But I want to do something, um, with that. And I. For stay in bed, particularly because it's a song I wrote about just really not wanting to get out of bed and just like feeling completely unable to. Um, so I wanted the film clip to be like kind of the opposite side of that. Well, yeah, when you see, because I looked, I watched the film clip and song, like listened to it by watching the film clip first, and I didn't really register what the lyrics were saying. And when I saw it, I thought, this is such a positive, like a positive song. It's such, not that it's not a positive song, but it just. Yeah, what you said, it just is the com- kind of complete opposite to what the song is saying. Mm, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I wanted it to kind of be, you know, the moments where, you, like, especially when you're with Mob and you get to celebrate each other, I wanted the film clip to be a celebration of... Mom's got talent. Mom's got talent, yeah, and just, like, you know, all the deadly kind of different ways that people express themselves and... I think the whole song is kind of just like a reminder that it's like all right to not go and do those things for sure like but they're always going to be there and yeah you're allowed to take breaks and then you're allowed to come back to it. Yeah so what is your favourite if you can think of all the songs you've written what's your favourite lyric and why or lyrics or sentence or? Well um, hmm, that's a good question. All of a sudden, I don't know any of the lyrics to my songs. <laughs> um, <laughs> it happens when you put on the spot and you're like, hmm. Um, I don't know. I Or your favourite song, if you can't think of lyrics. Favourite song. There is a song on the album that's coming out that I love. Um, I think my favourite kind of song is sort of one that happens very immediately and I don't have to spend too much time on it. It just is a bit more fluid that's always kind of a nice cathartic feeling to just get it all out at once and actually be happy with the result that's not always like that like I write songs sometimes that I'm like this is terrible and no one will ever hear it but when it just comes out it it's really it's a nice feeling um so I like I always have fond memories of those kind of songs um and yeah, I don't know. It's hard because that song's not out so people can't listen to it. Um, What's the – can you give us the title? It's called Homesickness. Um, so it's about being homesick. It's kind of about being homesick but it's also about like, yeah, the challenges of going home. Like I think sometimes it's, it's hard to go back to where you grew up because you have so many memories attached to the place and they're good ones and they're bad ones and they're all sorts of different things. Um, so that was a favourite song for me I think just because – that was something I really needed to articulate for myself. Um, and, yeah, so I have fond memories of that song and that will come out on the album a little bit later. But I guess if 
it's ones that are already out would be Grand Ideas, um, The Chorus, which is everything I have is too heavy to hold. Everything I do is out of my control. It was just kind of something I was just in that headspace and really, really just like that was just all I really had. So, um, and originally I didn't end up singing it. I wasn't singing it that much in the original setup of the song. And then when I took it to Jen, the producer, we just kind of sang the chorus. Like this chorus is sung so many times in that song, which I thought was too much, but I really like that it's like that was the that was the inner dialogue and it feels nice to just like say it in song form. Are you ever just out somewhere and you think of a lyric or a sentence and you just have to write it down? Like is that a common occurrence? Yeah, yeah, that's usually how it happens. I'm not very good at like sitting down and being like, I'm going to write a song today. I just like not not really quite there yet for me. Um, that might change over time. But, yeah, the process is definitely more just kind of letting things come and then that feels like a more natural kind of way to let it happen. Well, I mean, you've been nominated for quite a few awards. I think it's three. Do you Maybe. know? Yeah, three. I think it's three awards and you've won Triple J Unearthed talent mm-hmm. is that is that the award is that what it's called um they flew me to the nemas once maybe that was the the nemas yeah what's the name what's the nema um national indigenous music awards oh, i think cool. in darwin actually yeah, yeah yeah um so yeah that was the first time i got to go to darwin that was amazing yeah it would have been yeah loved it <laughs> and how did you i mean like you've done so many amazing things at such a young age you're only 25 um you've sung a song with midnight oil and Paul Kelly. How the hell does that happen? It is so, yeah, a very crazy thing. Um, I actually, I remember the first time I met Paul Kelly because I was put on the same event as him um, singing covers by, um, it was the Faux Jam, I think, Festival of Jewish Arts and Music. And um, I got asked to sing a cover of uh, a Billy Joel song and I think that Paul Kelly was there doing a cover of a Leonard Cohen song and or a Bob Dylan song. Um, anyway, that's kind of not the point. But um, obviously grew up being very aware of Paul Kelly as he's like an iconic songwriter. I had a book, a like, lyric book of his because I just thought he was like an incredible storyteller. I think I love that his songs are sometimes just like full-on stories um, I think there's an art in songwriting when it's like that. Um, when we interviewed Kobe D here, I, the his songs are just exactly like that, just oh, yeah. storytelling. He's so incredible. I love Kobe's new song, Role Models, and the film clip. I listened to it and showed so many people because I was like, this is amazing. Like, it is such an incredible art and way of storytelling and um, – yeah, I love I love that's my favorite kind of thing and Paul Kelly's yeah, obviously amazing at telling stories and writing. Um so it was yeah, pretty like in awe just from like that aspect. Um and I had just gotten out of hospital <laughs> before this event. Um I, my first night staying in over hospital, I'm fine. But um 
And then I think, you know, because they give you like things to make the pain not so bad. So I went to this uh, event pretty like just not fully there. Just <laughs> not a fully bit. There. But just I was on like, some, <laughs> you on know, some prescribed medication. Yeah, yeah, you know, all safe and whatnot. But um, I just didn't want to miss out on the. I didn't want to miss out on the chance to do an event with Paul Kelly. So I was like, I'm oh, going to go. I'm going to go. I'll be here even if I'm half dead. Yeah, like, yeah I'm you here. know, I'll be. Th- I will be there. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of like. <laughs> wandering around I couldn't for some reason I think because I'm like yeah I was I couldn't remember the lyrics to the cover that I was doing so I printed them off and was like walking around backstage reading them and I physically ran into Paul Kelly I think just like walking around <laughs> the backstage but well, like, like actually bumped into him yeah I feel like yeah and I just was like oh, oh. <laughs> hi oh, uh, Paul Kelly sorry <laughs> um but he's always been really nice and really supportive um and I said to him when I ran into him, I just was like, sorry, I'm just really nervous. And he was like, me too. And I was like, you're Paul Kelly. Was that like really, was that kind of calming to you to be like, oh my God, Paul Kelly is nervous. I'm nervous. It's still such a normal thing. It doesn't just go go away. Yeah. I think there's like, I don't know. It's a strange thing to like put people on these like. Pedestals? Pedestals. Yeah. And then Um, you meet them and you're like. Wow, they're actually just like me. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just like debunking these own weird myths you have in your head and you don't even really know why. Um, but, yeah, I just, yeah, very nice. Was honoured to sing with him. It was like one of those definite like what's going on kind of moments, which is nice. So did you write a song with him? Um, yeah, I just sang... Uh, I sang a cover of Uncle Kev Carmody's uh, Blue You because they, they did an album, uh, an anniversary album um, for Cannot Buy My Soul. And, yeah, so I sang that song um, while Paul Kelly just played guitar. Um, so that was crazy and so much fun. Um, and... Yeah, then we did uh, from – I just sang the chorus on From Little Things, Big Things Grow with Vicar and Linda Bull who were like huge names in my household. Um, yeah, it's definitely How one of the How was that, standing up on stage, Paul Kelly <laughs> playing the guitar, your singing song, like was that just almost breathtaking? Absolutely. Like it's weird to even talk about. I don't know. It's just – yeah, it was um, – it was a nice like – it's nice when you have those moments you're just like, oh, if I could tell like my tiny five-year-old self or something, like she'd be so stoked. And I'm like, that's something I try to remember because I don't know, I think, yeah, we, I, I don't know, I downplay a lot of the stuff or people downplay things that they do because it's hard to celebrate yourself. But I was like, yeah, this is nice. <laughs> if there was any advice you could give to your younger self, what would it be? God, um, <laughs> I don't know, don't box dye your hair so much. Don't cut it. <laughs> nah. No, seriously, no. <laughs> Look when after you're your young, hair. Oh, God. Look after your hair, girls. It's actually a thing. It uh, seems like a great idea at the time, but it's honestly not. Oh, no, I know. I used to bleach my hair, like, just so much. I just, I don't know why I was just fighting the urge to be blonde. I'm not sure what I was doing. I just, yeah. I still go, I still do it now. And then I'm like, So you're naturally back. blonde? No, no. This is probably my natural hair colour. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know what advice I would give to my five-year-old self. I think I'm still – I think that's kind of something that you kind of still have to constantly learn about over time. I'm really, like, yeah, talking to that younger self within you and reflecting on things like that. I don't know. I'm all for <laughs> that kind of thing and, like, 
Yeah. I don't know. I think it's like give, like take it easy on yourself. Yeah, that's it. And because, yeah, it's hard to have that voice. It's hard to be have that be your default voice is like an encouraging or compassionate voice. I think it's usually like we're criticising ourselves. Oh, 100%. I have little sisters who they're 11 and they look in the mirror and like touch their tummy and they are like super little fit girls and you just think, oh, my God, I remember doing that. I still do that, but like I remember doing that at a young age and I'm just like, give yourself a break. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know where these critical voices come from. Like I don't know and I think even just like the feeling of shame, like I think it's a big one that, yeah, I don't know. I'm, like I really love learning about um, different approaches to mental health and talking about mental health and it's definitely a big interest definitely something I'm still like work, learning and working on myself as well but I think um yeah trying to train the like more compassionate voice is hard but learning doable. to love yourself yeah and just like yeah it's like sounds so simple like we hear it all the time but it's true like it's you a gotta, journey yeah you gotta just like it's easier to do the things you've done before than it is to try new things. So it just takes a bit more time. Yeah. So what I want to know is where is your favourite place to go in Melbourne? Like what, what does a weekend look like for you? Are you staying at home? Are you going out? Are you visiting your favourite restaurant? <sighs> oh, look, I'm pretty slack at the best of times. I'm still like, yeah, trying to remember that the pandemic is over and I can just like go and do stuff if I want to. Um but I'm, I feel like I'm probably a bit of a homebody. Like I live in Flemington and I stick kind of around that area. Um, I don't know what my favourite place to go to is. Hmm. Real hard to even think. I just love to eat good. I like going to places where Melbourne I can is eat good real good. To yeah. Eat. yeah, that's like. What's your favourite food? Um, if you could choose anything in the world. At the moment, I'm like, I think especially because of the weather, like lots of soups, like ramen, laksa. What's your favourite laksa? I'm vegetarian, so it's always a vegetarian one. And there's um, like a largely contested, there's like two laksa restaurants in Flemington that are like very highly, con- I think, I don't know, that's like a, so they can people have very strong feelings. Yeah, they're right next to each other. Oh, wow. Like literally right next to each other. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, wow. Luxor King and Chef Legenda. I don't know. People are like, you're nodding your head. <laughs> Sorry. But it's Dion, like, Dion loves a good Luxor. Yeah. You've been talking about this a lot lately. Yeah. Do you know the one? Yeah. Yeah. And people will be like trash talking one over the other or like I've never met someone that's like I don't know that's like my feeling towards it it's like no one's impartial I don't have a favorite personally um do you swap yeah Yeah. I just swap yeah is it like one time this place one time that place yeah yeah I don't know divvy it up um do you like it super spicy yeah I like just like I love eating food it's just like so spicy that you just kind of like doesn't it take away the taste for you or have you Sometimes, like it's got to be like, oh, it's still tasty. But I like, yeah, I like that feeling. If I'm feeling sick or something, like I want that like sweaty, spicy experience. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's that's the way to go. <laughs> it, it just is. It is. Are you performing any gigs in Melbourne soon? Um. Yes. 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 I think the next shows we're playing are actually for a festival called Small Town Big Sound and. It's um, a series that they're doing, I think, most of the month. Um, Sissy Kian just did one. Um, I don't know which region, but, yeah, they're just taking bands around different regional areas, which is exciting. Oh, um, that's cool. Wait, so do you mean you 
It's a traveling festival. Yeah, so I think we're going. Uh, there's a few. There's a place called Marlow, which I have never been to. Mansfield, which I've also never been to, but I've that's, heard of. That's meant to be really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. My my good friend and sis is Tanarong, and I believe that's her country out there. So I've heard a lot about it, and she's very excited bringing all the aunties and uncles. So I'm like, that'll be a fun one. Um, but I think Melbourne shows um, a bit more towards June, July. Will be. Oh, so you're doing some. at the Melbourne show. What's that? Are you performing at the Melbourne show? No, just oh. Melbourne shows in general. Sorry. <laughs> Super misleading. The Melbourne show. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> haven't, been, haven't been there. I've actually and- never been to the Melbourne show before. Really? No. It's a, no. Lot, it's a money pit. Right. Yeah, right. it is. It's I'm also like not into rides. Like I feel like I'm the boring person to go with. Are they scary for you? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I'm they're not, so scary. Yeah, I'm not a thrill seeker, unfortunately. There's actually a really scary um, haunted house there. Have you ever been, Dion? Oh, my gosh. So you walk in. I went in uh, thinking it was going to be one of those like little gammon ones, but you walk in and these scary people literally chase you. Like they actually chase you. That makes, me anxi- I'm like, <laughs> that makes me stressed thinking about it. Have you seen The Grudge before? <laughs> I, yeah, maybe in high school when I you actually, were like, let's freak ourselves out. Literally, yeah. I actually haven't seen it, but I've seen like the woman with all the black hair. You walk in, she's sitting on a bed and then she chases you through the house. No, my Oh, like, no, it's horrible. <laughs> no, I can't do it. My... <laughs> My housemate for her birthday, we bought her a like escape room, like a Star Wars themed escape room present because she's really into it. Um, I've never done an escape room, but like it gives me that kind of sensation, like I'm scared about it. Literally, <laughs> and it's not even, that's not even the aim of like that's what you go into a haunted house for. I'm just doing an escape room, and I'm like, I feel like it's just too much. Yeah, it's just too. It's too why much. Do, why do people even love scary movies? Like, why would you want to sit there? And put yourself through the pain of being scared. Yeah, it's my ha- my other housemate. That's their favorite genre of movie. Like I can just hear them like watching scary movies in their room every night, and I'm like, for why? I'm literally <laughs> sitting on the edge of my bed, going, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like it's just not nice. <laughs> there are some good ones. Like yeah, I don't know. Every now and again, but um, yeah, I usually just watch things for like pure comfort and nostalgia. I don't want to be stressed. I love a good rom com. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just yeah, I watch things that I've seen like a thousand times. I should branch out. What's your favorite movie to watch? Hmm. Oh. I don't think I have a favorite. Recently I did rewatch Shrek for like the first Ooh, time in yeah. like 15 years probably, and my friend who talks about it like obsessively, I was like, how good <laughs> Could it be? I watched it. I was like, you know what? It still st- it stands up for a movie that's like twenty years old. It's not actually, you know, hasn't aged bad. Yeah, I really <laughs> watched really Hannah Montana recently. <laughs> Hannah Montana is the best. Did you ever watch it? I think I used to watch a little bit of it of the TV show. Mm, it's been yeah. a long time though, but it's like ten big years, deal. maybe fifteen years ago. I don't even know. It was a very long time ago. Yeah, it's time <laughs> feels like it was so quick. Um, but yeah, Shrek's, Shrek still stands. <laughs> yeah. So one of my last questions is if there was anyone in the world, anyone at all you could perform with, who would it be? I don't know. I don't know. I, mm, <laughs> I'm not sure really the answer to that question. I guess if it was like in the like – taking away the realm of actual possibilities um yeah literally like anyone anyone dead I, alive whatever <laughs> um I always like wished I could have seen and I watch like 
really nerdy, nerdily into watching like the Cranberries live shows from the 90s because they're just huge audiences and the sound is huge. And I love Dolores O'Riordan's voice. It's just like, I don't know. It's like one of, I love those voices that just like for some reason just like, yeah, hit you and she just has that. I love her voice. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe that would be like the ultimate dream come true or something but I don't know I'm open to singing with literally anyone <laughs> maybe maybe Missy Higgins one day maybe Missy Higgins one day you never know she was on brand new day have you ever seen that yeah yeah I remember <laughs> I remember watching that her character is so funny in that yeah too. it's the best I love it <laughs> um I don't know I've yeah we've never met I've we've spoken before but we've never met sometimes I'm like I feel like I can't meet people that I'm too much of a fan well, of well you've spoken to Mickey Mickey Higgins <laughs> Missy Higgins uh just on the internet but not like we've not That's we've cool. not met yeah, she's really nice, but I just am like, yeah, I'm doing that thing in my head where I'm like, you know. Got to be confident in yourself. Yeah, or just like relax. Like I, sh- I just need to learn to like chill out. It's like, <laughs> Hey, well, you, you've done the first step. Watch this face for the next <laughs> in the next five years. You never know. Yeah, yeah, I'll be There'll cool be about it. There'll be a feature. I'll be She'll cool feature about on it. your album. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting it out there. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for coming on the Pottis. Pottis. I have some speaking issues today. I'm feeling it. Thank you. you for coming on the podcast, Alice. My pleasure. I'm super excited to see your new single, Party Tricks, this Friday. So everyone will be le- releasing well, – you, you'll actually be listening to this podcast when you're listening to Alice's new song this Friday. So make sure you listen in and make sure you turn the volume up to Alice's new song. Thank you. See ya. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on Mob Talk this week. If you like this podcast – Please share it with your friends and don't forget to chuck us a follow on Instagram and we'll see you all for another yarn soon.